Hey there, welcome to the Gazette's Fact Checker podcast. We're here today to talk about uh, some claims from the 1st Congressional District. They had a debate uh, last week in September uh, for Iowa PBS, and we've got uh, claims from each of those candidates. But first, I'm Erin Jordan. I'm the Gazette's investigative reporter. I'm Elijah Decius, the Gazette's features reporter. And I'm Marissa Payne, the Gazette's Cedar Rapids government reporter. I'm going to... In a minute, toss it over to Marissa here so she can pick up her first claim. Um, but just as a little bit of background, um, the first congressional district is in the southeast quadrant of the state. And the um, election there, which is November 8th, is featuring incumbent Marionette Miller Meeks, who's a Republican from Ottumwa, and challenger Christina Bohannon an attorney from Des Moines um, who is currently in the Iowa House of Representatives. So go ahead, Marissa, why don't you take the first claim? Yeah, so I looked into a claim uh, that Christina Bohannon made during the debate. Um, She criticized Miller Meeks for basically not not doing enough to kind of curb rising costs at the gas pump. Um, So during the debate, she claimed that Miller Meeks took nearly $60,000 in campaign contributions from the oil and gas industry. Her direct quote is, And the fact is that my opponent has taken nearly $60,000 from the oil and gas industry and then voted against holding them accountable for corporate price gouging. And again, she later specified uh, nearly $60,000. So um, when I reached out to her campaign team for sourcing, uh, they pointed to a vote uh, in May that Miller Meeks took on the Consumer Fuel Price Gouging Prevention Act, which is a bill that cracks down on price gouging at the gas pump uh, by oil companies. Uh, This proposal would have given the president authority to issue an energy emergency proclamation that would uh, essentially make it legal for companies to boost fuel prices to unconscionably excessive levels. Um, It also would expand the Federal Trade Commission's ability to investigate alleged price gouging in the industry, and any penalties would be directed toward funding weatherization and low-income energy assistance. So uh, Miller Meeks was indeed among 203 House Republicans who voted against this bill, and it passed in the House with all but four Democrats backing the measure. Um, So that part is correct that she voted against this uh, price gouging bill. Um, as for the campaign contributions claim, Open Secrets, which is a uh, Washington, D.C.-based nonprofit that tracks uh, like campaign finance data, um, they monitor interest group spending on political campaigns for each member of Congress. And for oil and gas contributions to Miller Meeks, uh, Open Secrets reported $56,348. Um, and the, it's Worth noting that third quarter campaign finance reports haven't been released yet. That'll be out later this month. So this number doesn't include any possible oil and gas industry contributions received after July 14th. Um, So, you know, Christina Bohannon was correct that Miller Meeks voted against this measure that aimed to stop price gouging by the oil and gas industry while receiving, you know, know, almost $60,000 in campaign contributions from the industry. So I gave her an A. I have a couple of questions just real quick. So what was the time period that it was the 56,348? Um, that, that's a good question, but that's not specified on the open secrets. I'm just, you know, usually they have that data organized kind of by election cycles. So I'm guessing that's just this round. 
Um, but it might be good to just throw that in there because she has run for office, you know, before and just, you know, just to clarify, like what time period we're talking about there. Yeah, I can do that. And just to look, question two, did Bohannon say nearly $60,000 or did she have any sort of a qualifier? Yeah, she said nearly 60000 Okay. Do we think 56000 is nearly? Yeah, I was going to say, I think that's pretty fair. You know, I was thinking about, like, going back to fourth grade when they teach you how to round up decimals. And I'm like, I didn't realize I would be using this information so much later in life. So, like, I consider anything, like, over five, like, five or over, I think that's, you can round that up. That's fair to me. Yeah, I mean. So 55, 56, I would round up to 60. I think it'd be different if she didn't have the qualifier on there but i guess like when we're speaking about amounts of like you know within tens of thousands um you know that saying nearly sixty thousand isn't incredibly far off plus like there is the fact that um i mean of course we don't know but there is a possibility that that amount is even closer to sixty thousand if it included those numbers after july so yeah but i'll I'll yeah i think given all that um i would agree with the grade I also agree with the grade. Um, as an aside, I'm kind of wondering why this bill did not get any GOP support. Did you see anything interesting about that, Marissa? Um, I didn't immediately. And I my understanding is that it never passed or I don't even believe it came to a vote in the Senate. Um, but I mean, it it's not incredibly surprising because then it still gives that talking point of like, oh, you know, Biden and the Democrats are making everything expensive. And, you know, that includes the price you see at the gas pump. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it seems like there was maybe some um, word, I don't know, some wording in there just that Marissa, you know, that seems like a little squishy, like unconscionably high levels. I mean, you know, not that that would be reason to not vote for it, but I wonder if it was a little bit of a political maneuver on both sides. Yeah. I wonder about that too, because I mean, I'm thinking how much of rising gas prices is actually due to price gouging? Like, is that a significant enough issue where addressing price gouging would make a difference in everyday everyday gas prices? You know, I don't have any data to say one way or the other, but it seems like kind of a party line rhetorical move. Yeah, I mean, this was also like around the time where um, the Russia-Ukraine, you know, that invasion was a little newer um so it was in the earlier days of that that this bill was introduced and like really the u.s isn't like overly reliant on russian oil so that's where this the impetus for this bill was kind of like like you know we shouldn't realistically be seeing an incredible impact on our gas prices just because of the of russia's invasion of ukraine um so that was kind of what prompted this and I mean, I, I imagine for Republicans, you know, something that empowers the president to do more, you know, they probably don't want to expand his executive authority too much. So I, I imagine that was probably a point of contention on this bill. Yeah, I agree. hundred percent. Well, and I, I do think there's just a lot of concern about price gouging. I know um, with the rising prices of fertilizer, the, um, Commodity groups asked for Iowa State to do an analysis to determine whether any of these price hikes was, you know, whether these price hikes were justified. So I think there's a lot of review going on in this area. Okay, so sounds like we're all on board with the grade here um, for Bohannon's claim. 
shifting over to the other side, I checked a um, statement, a, a kind of a series of statements by Representative Miller Meeks about the Inflation Reduction Act. I thought it was noteworthy just as we were looking at the transcript of the debate. It looks like Bohannon made a number of, you know, kind of pointed attacks at Miller Meeks, whereas Miller Meeks' attacks were more about the Biden administration, you know, kind of pointing out like things that, you know, the Democrats were doing and more of like a national focus there at the top. So I thought that was noteworthy. But the claim that we um, decided to check is, um, like I said, about the Inflation Reduction Act, which was passed in August. She says the Inflation Reduction Act had 87,000 new IRS agents. It increased the budget of the IRS by six times. It doubled uh, the size of the IRS and has more employees uh, than uh, will have, more employees than the State Department, the Pentagon, Customs and Border Protection, and the FBI combined. So this is a very similar claim to what we've heard um, from other Republicans. In fact, when the fact checker reached out to Miller Meeks' staff and asked about it, they pointed to a statement from Senator Suzanne Collins from Maine and an article in the Washington Free Beacon, which is a right-leaning um, news organization out of D.C. Um, both of those places cited that 87,000 numbers, but didn't provide a link to where they got it, which I think is really interesting that, you know, you as a U.S. representative are cribbing from places that don't even link to where they got the number. I don't know. But anyway, that's a, a side point. But the the Inflation Reduction Act itself doesn't include that number in the sections that describe the new IRS funding. But a couple of other news organizations that were looking at that 87,000 number pointed to a 2021 U.S. Treasury report that outlines how 80, $80 billion, um, if it was invested in the IRS, how it could generate up to $230 billion more in revenue. I'm sorry, $320 billion more in revenue from unpaid taxes. So one table in that report says that um, the agency would add 86,852 full-time employees between 2022 and 2031. So I think there's this um, idea that the 87,000 employees would be like right away, but that would be over a 10-year period. Um, and this report um, notes that those would not all be IRS agents, as Miller said, as Miller Meeks said, but some employees would be like in customer service or information technology. There's all sorts of problems with the IRS that have been documented in part because they just their staffing is at the same level as it was in 2012 and maybe even earlier. So Miller Meeks, she's correct about that number. Miller Meeks says that the the increase, the 80 billion increase, would increase the IRS budget sixfold. So we're looking at the IRS's annual budget for fiscal 2021 was $13.7 billion, roughly the same as it was in 2012, which kind of gets at the reason Congress approved this package. But if you break down that $80 billion over 10 years of the in Inflation Reduction Act, saying that would be about $8 billion a year. So if you add $8 billion a year to the $13.7 billion the IRS has been funded, that comes down to an annual budget of about $21.7 billion. So that is an increase of about 60%, not six times. So, I mean, it's not fair to take the full 10 years worth of funding 
and, you know, say that that would be one, you know, if you're comparing it with one year's worth of the IRS's budget. So that particular claim is false. So I guess like now that we're done kind of talking about the staffing um, issues and whether the um, these the increase is going to add enough staffing to be larger than four other federal agencies. Uh, just in terms of kind of our conclusion, our overall grade, you know, um, she's right about two claims. She's right. The Inflation Reduction Act could add nearly 87,000 IRS employees over 10 years. And she's right that that would double the size of the agency as it is now. She's not right about the $80 billion increasing the IRS budget sixfold. And it's way off to say that the IRS would become larger in 10 years than four other federal agencies combined are today. So kind of how we usually do this, if you know, you're know you half true, that's a C. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, that makes sense. In it, the math is a lot cleaner when you have two correct claims and two um, incorrect claims. So yeah, that that would balance out to a C. Yeah, I agree um, with the mathing of the budget numbers and and the staffing. It's a pretty clear, you know, half true situation. And it just gets back to what we talked about before about um, you know repeating statements made by other news outlets or other candidates. You know, it seems like if they had checked the math, um, they would have come to the same conclusion we did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that sounds good. And Marissa, you mentioned that your half of the check will be maybe a little shorter. So maybe I could add another paragraph just with a little more of that background that, you know, this, these talking points are coming up, you know, from other campaigns as well, because, you know, maybe kind of trying to draw on those concerns that, you know, more people are going to be audited and that kind of thing. But, you know, this report from the Treasury was really clear um, in, in terms of the, the, the gap um, between what is owed in taxes and what is collected in taxes. It's like $600 billion a year. And this is just intended to bring in some of that money, which we need to pay for our, you know, the functioning of our country. So I, I think, you know, maybe we need to make that just to have at least maybe one more paragraph explaining that. Would that be helpful in your mind? Yeah, I think that would be a good idea. Yeah. Did you have to dig very far for that that treasury report? No, I just, I, the thing was that was weird about it is like I was looking at the report and nowhere did it say 87,000. So you really had to dig around in the report to find the table to add up the columns and, you know, so, um, yeah, you know, that was interesting. But I, I felt it was a really um, helpful report in terms of understanding the issues. I just think it's really odd that, the beacon would be citing this number and, and not linking to it when the number is pretty accurate. Like that's just a really easy thing to do to back yourself up. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I know not everyone is as vigilant about hyperlinking, you know, as we are at the fact checker. Part of it, I think, is letting readers follow our work and they can look at the treasury report themselves and see what they think. Yeah. You did a good job on this. There's a lot of a lot of numbers involved and you did a good job organizing that. Thanks. Yeah, I think these are these are both good checks and it's nice to have one from each side from the debate. Um, we hope that we can check, you know, a few more claims before the November 8th election. So, 
you know, just along those lines, any listeners here, if you hear anything or see anything in print or you get a mailer or you see an ad that has a specific claim that you think we should check, please let us know. Um, Just as an aside, you know, helpful claims are ones that have numbers in it, things that can be definitively verified um, that that's what meets our criteria and usually is the easiest to check. Um, so let us know if you see anything at factchecker at the Again, you can email us at factchecker at the So until our next time to see you all, um, I'm Aaron Jordan. I'm Elijah Decius. I'm Marissa Payne. And we'll fact check you later. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.